Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 28 says, Have you never heard, have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And it goes on to say, even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you what's about to happen even through the ministry of your word, that your Holy Spirit would continue to flow as he has been doing all morning long. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. You're just gonna keep playing? Yeah, all right. That's good. I'm just gonna skip my whole introduction. We're gonna get right to the verses here. If you look back, we're not gonna take the time to do it, but starting at verse 12, all the way to what, what I just read here, Isaiah, even in, verse, in chapter 39, Isaiah is prophesying judgment against Judah because of its rebellion against God. And then right in verse 12, he starts talking about how amazing and how big God is, how the whole entire earth is like a grain of sand. And he's telling, him, he's telling the people of Judah about all of his vastness and all of his greatness and all of his glory and all of his majesty. And then he starts here and says, have you not heard? Have you never understood that the Lord is everlasting God, creator of all the earth? And he never grows weak or weary. I mean, it almost sounds like sarcasm in these portions of the verse because he just spent all this time, these last 15 verses, painting this beautiful picture of how massive God is. And then he says, listen, do you not understand this? Do you not know? Have you never been told? And obviously they've seen the Lord work in so many different areas. But just to imagine that God, his vastness and in his greatness of how big he is, I was just thinking through these verses even yesterday. I was cutting the grass and I was just thinking, man, I'm, I'm in one plot of land in one township, in one city, in one state, in one country, in one continent, in one earth, in just one of God's galaxies. And sometimes I think how big my problems are when I look at how small that is in comparison to God, that the entire earth is like a grain of sand in his palm. Our problems pale in comparison to that. I was just thinking about that, just how big he is, how big I let my problems be sometimes, and how much bigger, how much bigger he is. And his word declares that he never grows weak or weary. And some of you need to hear that today. Our God is never tired. He's never worn out. He's never burned out. He's never burning the candle at both ends, right? He's never exhausted. He's never at his wit's end. He doesn't sleep or slumber. Does this relate to any of you? I believe some of you need to hear that today. 
Our God is never tired, never weak, never weary, never worn out. He's the everlasting God. When we put that into perspective, that's how we can go to God in prayer, right? We've said it before, whatever we put our focus on, that is the thing that we're gonna become most like. So when we wake up in the morning, we could say, oh God, I am so tired. I am so weak. I'm so weary. And then what are you focused on? How tired and weak and weary you are, right? Instead of waking up and saying, God, your word declares that you are never weak and you are never weary. So today I declare over my own life, your word, that you're never tired, never exhausted, never burned out. You never yawn. Picture that God's never yawned before. Even on a long Sunday morning when the preacher just won't stop, he doesn't yawn. So if we wake up and we say, you're never weak and you're never weary and you're never tired and you don't sleep and you don't slumber, in that context, with that focus, with that perspective, I need strength because I'm tired today. So Father, I receive your strength. I receive your energy, right? I receive your endurance, your perseverance, your everlasting durability. So it's the, it's the perspective that we can even approach. If you take time this week, even just looking through uh, verses 12 all the way through what we just read, get a perspective of how big he is and then just begin to declare even that verse right there that he never grows weak or weary. This word also declares that no one can measure the depths of his understanding. Like it's so easy for us to fly by this, right? God's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows it all. He got this figured out. But yet when we face a problem and when we have a situation that we don't know the answer to, what do we do? We get all freaked out. We get scared. We get stressed out. But we can go back to the word and say, wait a minute, nobody, not one person could ever grasp or comprehend or understand just how knowledgeable, just how wise our God is. It was last year, there was an Assemblies of God official speaking at one of the uh, retreats that we were at. And he said that he, he walked into a library. It was, he was studying for his doctorate and he walked into this collegiate university library. And the idea just hit him as he's looking around at these thousands of books. And he just said, he just started looking around at all these books and it hit him. God knows all of this. God knows everything in every single one of these books. And I'm telling you, that hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm reminded of it. When I'm praying to the Lord, when I'm seeking an answer, when I don't know what to do, that hits me. He knows it all. Nothing can measure to the knowledge that he has. And yet we say we're weak, we're tired, we don't know what direction to go. He's given you his knowledge. He's given you the mind of Christ. He's not hiding things from you. He's hiding things for you to seek out in his presence. There's a big difference. There's one is I don't wanna show it to you. You have to come and perform all these things and jump through hoops. And another one is I have all the knowledge in the world. Just come to me and rest. And sometimes you're seeking answers and sometimes you're seeking wisdom and the Lord's not speaking because he already spoke. And he's saying, I trust you enough now. You're no longer a servant, but you're a son. You're no longer a servant, but you're a daughter. I've taught you the lesson, now walk in my wisdom. Say, but he's not talking. Good, he, you have now the freedom to choose. He's already placed his spirit inside of you. You have the freedom, he trusts you. 
If you don't feel that relationship with him, then you go back to him and you spend time. You say, God, I'm not sure that I learned that lesson yet. Will you teach me again? And wait until his Holy Spirit leads you. But I want you to think of that the next time. You need knowledge, you need understanding, you need wisdom. Think about, if you have to get a visual, go into a library and just start spinning around and look at those books. Say, God, you know all of this. All knowing, all powerful, never gets weak, never gets weary. It's from that understanding that you go into verse 29, right? You don't just say, I'm weak, I'm weary. You say, he never gets weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. The entire earth is like a grain of sand in the palm of his hand. And then it's out of that revelation you come into verse 29. It says, he gives power to the weak and he gives strength to the powerless. You know what? Sometimes we just need to admit that we're weak and that we need strength. Sometimes we need to admit that we're actually powerless in a situation. I feel like that's so hard for guys to do, us men, right? We got this, we say. We don't need directions. We'll figure it out. We're strong. We're tough. And I feel like, I honestly, I feel like, I feel like men live a lie of feeling the need to be macho all of the time. And we're gonna say, we can carry this. We can deal with this. We're men. But what ends up happening is we wear a weight upon our shoulders that were designed for the shoulders of Jesus and not our own. And we wonder why this is so heavy, this is so uncomfortable, it doesn't feel like me. It wasn't meant for you. It wasn't meant for you. Either life brought it your way or the devil brought it your way or maybe a bad decision brought it your way. But as soon as it comes upon your shoulders, you're supposed to take that thing off and give it to him. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. So it's saying, listen, if strength is ours and power is ours, when we are weak and when we are powerless, guess what? We have to admit that we're weak and powerless. Does this make sense? We have to get to a point. Even this morning, I'm like, I'm telling God, I'm sitting there laying, uh, kneeling in my uh, dining room, saying like, I'm, I'm gonna bomb this today if your anointing's not upon me. I'm nothing without you. I can't communicate a word without his Holy Spirit. So when we say, listen, I'm weak in this situation. I feel powerless in this situation. I don't know what to do in this dilemma, in this problem, in this challenge. Now what we're saying is this, hey God, I just put a big old target on my chest and now your strength and your power can be aimed at it. If we wake up and say, I got this, right? Like a lot of men do, I'll figure this out. I don't need your help then there's no target on your chest for God to aim at. Is he able to give you strength? Is he able to give you power? Is he able to give you grace? Is he able to give you energy? Absolutely. But you need to let the target be on your heart. And that's admitting that you are powerless without him, that you are weak in certain situations. And then the problem, we don't walk in that though. We don't walk with a victim mentality. After we leave our prayer closet, our prayer room, then we say, I now have the power that his word says. I now have the strength that his word says. You receive it by faith in a place of brokenness. What it says in Matthew chapter five, blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God or the kingdom of God is theirs. Some of your translations might say, poor in spirit means you're, you're bankrupt without him. You bear your soul. You're willing to admit that you don't have it all together. And it's out of that. Then he says, oh, now I can give you the kingdom. Now there's somebody with a target on their heart. Now I can come and give them the strength and give them the power that they need 
because they actually admit that they need it from me. They admit that, that, that he is our source. So I believe this, this, this declaration, proclamation, prophecy, all these things that are wrapped up in these verses, that he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless comes as soon as you admit that you are weak in certain areas and you are powerless. And then you let his power come, you let his strength come. It goes on in verse 30. It says, even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. Listen, no one is exempt from weakness, tiredness, stress, or burnout if we're not following the Lord. No one is exempt from it. But it says in verse 31, those who trust in the Lord, they will find new strength. Some other translations say they will renew their strength. It says they will soar high on wings like eagles. Some of your Bibles say they mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So we're in a series called Craving Hope, right? We crave all these things in life. Now that it's fall, maybe it's your pumpkin latte or whatever, pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin pie, pumpkin cake. Mine's still chocolate. We crave like all these things, right? And we want that satisfaction. We put our warm sweaters on last night. Maybe you're, you're drinking your whatever it is. And you want that satisfaction, that fulfillment. But like we said last week, all those things will eventually disappoint us. They'll frustrate us. They'll run out. Starbucks will close at nine o'clock or whatever time it is. Sweatshirt will get old and ragged eventually. But this is about craving hope because at the root of all those things, what are we doing? We're craving hope for fulfillment. We hope that something's gonna satisfy us. And it's the Lord that satisfies us. It's the Lord that gives us hope. It's the Lord that gives us fulfillment. And even though these verses aren't prophesying the coming of Jesus, they are the Lord. And Jesus does fulfill these even because he walks this thing out. So I was looking and studying what these different words mean. And in verse 31, it says, but those who trust in the Lord. You know what that trust, that word trust means to find hope in? It means to wait upon. It means to look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial. So follow this out. For those who trust in the Lord, for those who find hope in the Lord, for those who wait upon the Lord, for those who look forward with confidence to that which is good and beneficial with the Lord, that is when they will find new strength. Do you see this? You're growing in hope of what the Lord is going to do. You're growing in expectation. And when it says wait on the Lord, that doesn't mean take everything out of your life and don't make any productivity and don't, you know, don't make any progress. No, it's an active expectation, anticipation of what is yet to come. Think about this, parents. If you were taking your children to Disney World for the first time six months from now, there's gonna be times from the point you tell them to the point that you leave that they're going to like, get anxious, right? They might not trust that you're actually gonna take them. Their hope is gonna wane. So what would you do? What would you, well, you'd not tell them, okay. Amen, sister. <laughs> Wake up, kids, we're going to Disney World. If you made the mistake and told them. Maybe you would show them where you're gonna sit on the plane. Maybe you would watch videos 
of Disney World. Maybe you'd show them pictures. What you would do is you would put an image in their mind that they can meditate on so that their hope would be renewed. So as they're waiting on this trip, they're getting more and more hopeful. Their hope is growing and growing and growing until that morning where they probably can't sleep the night before and they jump in that car to go to the airport. That's what the Lord's saying here. I'm taking you to Disney World someday. There's breakthrough coming. There's healing coming, there's salvation coming, there's restoration in your marriage coming. These things are coming. Hope in me, trust in me, wait on me, and you will renew your strength in the Lord. I love this verse, that they will soar high on wings like eagles. Come on, that word soar means to mount up, to go up, to ascend to a higher place. I was studying different things about eagles last night, just look, or a couple of days ago, just looking at you know, what this means and, and why did they use that comparison. I just saw, I, I learned five different things. But the first is this, the eagle flies at the highest altitude of 10,000 feet. You will not find any other bird that high. Eagles don't mix with other birds, but they soar above them. They soar above them. Which means when, 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 when Isaiah is saying this, that you're gonna mount up, that you're gonna soar to higher planes, like wings, like eagles, on wings like eagles. He's saying, listen, you're gonna be above all the other birds and you're gonna soar above your circumstances. Actually, I remember when we were going down to Florida several years ago in a plane, uh, we landed in Atlanta and it was pouring down rain and gloomy. And it was, um, we were talking about, it was like, I think it was actually warmer in Pennsylvania that we went down. And I just remember taking off and the rain just hitting the plane and we busted through those clouds, no more rain, bright sun. And the Lord told me right there, the sun is always shining above the clouds. You just need to keep your head above the clouds. I remember thinking that like, oh wow, like I probably learned this in fourth grade weather. <laughs> but to see it, to experience it, like it could seem like everything's raining down on you, but you trust in the Lord. Renew your strength and know that you're going to soar. You're going to ascend. You're going to mount up on wings like eagles. Second is an eagle will never surrender to the size of its prey or the strength of its prey. It will always fight. It's not going to run away. This just reminded me, listen, it doesn't matter how big your problem is. It doesn't matter how long lasting your problem has been. It doesn't matter how big or intimidating the problem seems. God is bigger and he's inside of you. And you're about to soar above those problems and those situations. Get ready to mount up. Find strength in the Lord today. I also learned that eagles have very strong vision. They can identify their prey. They can identify their enemy from a very long distance. And I believe the Lord wants us to do that. So we're not tired, we're not weary, and we're not stressed out. We need to be able to see when an attack's coming. We need to see, listen, something's trying to manipulate me here. Something doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like it's the Lord's will. When we start to identify those things, then that battle is gonna be so much more short-lived than if we just live in, you know, oh yeah, things are just going well, but it doesn't feel right, doesn't seem right. Six, eight, nine months down the road, your soul's a wreck, like Bernadette was saying. Out of place, bitter people, angry, judgmental, critical, and you don't even know how you got there. We can identify when the enemy comes to attack, trust in the Lord, hope in the Lord, wait on the Lord, and renew our strength. 
The fourth characteristic I found out is like no other birds, an eagle's, or like other birds, I'm sorry, eagle's feathers will get worn out over time. They slow down their flight speed. Now I saw a myth on here that I researched. Not all their feathers fall out at one time and then they get all new ones, because I read that. But over time, their feathers are renewed. So the ones that are weak, the ones that, that, that don't allow them to, to soar as high anymore, those feathers will eventually fall out and new ones will come. And that's a renewing, right? Maybe you just want all your problems to be gone and I just want this all fixed, Lord. And he's saying, yeah, I am fixing it. It's from the inside out. So I'm gonna start plucking those old feathers out. I'm gonna start giving you the new feathers until one day you see yourself soaring above all of those storms. And the fifth characteristic, which is my favorite here, that eagles are the only birds that use a storm to their advantage. So what they do is storm comes, you don't hear all the birds tweeting out in your backyard anymore, right? A storm comes, all the birds go into hiding. You know what the eagle does? He flies toward the storm, uses all the wind current, and it actually pushes him higher above the storm. That's amazing to me. And now I look at this verse and it says here that I'm going to soar high on wings like eagles which doesn't mean everything's gonna be right. It doesn't mean everybody's gonna be nice to you. It doesn't mean everything's gonna work out your way. It means if the storm's coming and there's stuff's hitting you, use it to your advantage to come above it and soar on high. If that imagery, if you can't meditate on something like that, this is what meditation is. We take it like because we're in the Western world and, and we'll memorize a verse and we'll just try to get the words in our heart until we can recite it. That's not what meditation is. It's sitting on it, mulling over it, talking to you. It's like preaching to yourself. It's catching the image that the next problem that comes or when you pull to, to the right, if you get behind somebody slow and you have reservations somewhere and you wanna blow the horn. Listen, just picture yourself flying right over the slow driver as an eagle. Right? It's not imagining anything, it's scripture. It's meditating on scripture. It's getting a picture painted in your mind until it's in your heart, until you can internalize it, until you can externalize it. So what you read in this book actually makes a difference in your life. So I'm banking on that, that I'm gonna soar on high on wings like eagles. That when storms come, I'm going higher. When people you know, treat us unfairly, unjustly, we're gonna take the high road. We're gonna wait on him, we're gonna trust in him, we're gonna grow in our hope in him and that our strength is gonna be renewed. We're not going down, we're going upward. We're not going backward, we're going forward. We're children of the most high God. That should make a really big difference in our daily lives. Not just in your Bible study, not just in your prayer time. It should make a difference of students, how you treat each other in the classroom, in the hallway, how you respect your teachers, adults. It should, it should make a difference of how you treat a boss or a coworker who could care less about you. It should make a difference in our homes, in our marriage, in our parenting. This book and the truths in this book and the pictures, even through Isaiah 40 into 41, with the pictures that he's painting, I'm telling you, next time it starts to rain, just think, above those clouds, the sun is as bright as could be and the eagles are soaring above all this junk. And this is what the Lord has said is for us. This is the will. Tiredness, exhaustion, and stress are not the Lord's will for your life. 
Do you ever picture Jesus being worn out, stressed out? His anguish, what drove him to the cross, it actually says it in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. It's talking about us stripping all the weights off and us running with endurance, okay? So we have a race to run. And then it compares it to Jesus. It says that we can do, we can run our race because we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And it says, because of the joy awaiting him or because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. So when he's, when he's in the garden and he's sweating blood because of the anguish that's upon him, it's, it's our anguish that he took upon us. It's our sin that he took upon us. It wasn't him being tired because he didn't get enough sleep last night and now he's worried and stressed out. Are you following me? Like Jesus was never burned out. He took upon him the weight and the sin and the disease of the world. It was upon that weight that he now had joy because he says, listen, I'm going to the cross. It's not gonna be easy and it's not gonna be fun. But the joy that he had is because he saw, he saw sons and daughters of the most high God being set free from their sin, being forgiven, being welcomed into the kingdom, being healed of their diseases, being delivered of their depression and their sorrow. That was the joy that Jesus had. What does it say in verse three of Hebrews chapter 12? He says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I want you to stand at this time. We take what's written in Isaiah and we take the promises that are there those who trust in the Lord, that we are going to have our strength renewed, we are going to soar, that we're going to run and not get weary. We're going to walk and not faint. And then the comparison here is this. When things get rough and things get, you know, uh, extremely difficult, the instruction here is to think of all the hostility that your Lord and Savior took upon himself. Think about everything that he endured for us who were once sinful people. And then you won't become weary and give up. It's in that context. It's in that perspective. Man, you went through all this. That's nothing. My, my problems are nothing compared to that. I'm going to continue to go on. I'm going to continue to soar. I'm going to continue to walk. I'm going to continue to run. I'm going to continue to walk with the Lord and trust in the Lord until I can see my strength being renewed. I want you to close your eyes and just bow your head just to close yourself off quickly before we close here. The only way that you can receive this strength, the only way that you have wings to soar is if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's as simple as that. God wants to do these things. The Lord wants to do these things upon your life. But the only way to be at peace with the Father is to receive the Son as Lord and Savior. To say, you know what? I'm sick of doing the religious thing. I'm sick of just going to church and not getting anything out of it. I'm sick of doing life my own way. I want a personal relationship with Jesus. I actually want to know him and I want him to know me. That's how you get right with the Father. That's how you get access to his strength. That's how you get access to his power is by being right with Jesus. So if you are in this room and you do not remember a time where you've ever started fresh, started new with Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never entered into a personal relationship 
with him as Lord and Savior, and you want to do that today, I want you just to look up at me, and I want you to raise your hand so I could see you today. I want to be able to pray with you. Anyone in this room want to start a brand new start, a fresh start with Jesus? You've never done it before in your life. Anyone at all in this room? Brand new start. Thank you, Lord. We all know that we're right with Jesus, or maybe some of you are still considering who Jesus is in your life, and we'll continue to minister to you, continue to lift you up, continue to bless you, and partner with you as you walk in that road. How I wanna close uh, this service, we're gonna sing one more song at the end, but just like Bernadette, uh, the word of the Lord called people forward about past uh, um, bitterness and unforgiveness and so on, I feel like the Lord just wants to give us strength today. He wants to give us our wings to fly. So I'm gonna ask you, if I'm gonna call out some words here, if these things relate to you, I just want you to quickly walk up here, just make straight rows. We're gonna pray over you, and then we're gonna sing a song to end. If you, are, if you feel overextended in your life right now, come forward and receive by faith strength from the Lord. If you feel exhausted, if you feel maxed out, if you feel weary, if you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends, if you feel like you are drowning in your work, if you feel like you are drowning in your home life, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, if any of those things relate to you, come forward by faith today. That's good, we got a lot of stress-free people in here, I like it. When you're coming forward, I just want you to grab the hand of somebody next to you. I wanna just declare over you, you are not alone. We can walk together, we can run together, and we can soar together. That's what the body of Christ is for, right? We can teach each other and encourage each other how to wait upon the Lord, how to trust in the Lord. We can say, you know what? We can do this together. You're not alone. You have people to walk with you and run with you and soar with you. So Heavenly Father, I just pray even right now, God, that you would come and do something miraculous in their lives. We pray, God, and we trust you are a supernatural God. So we just pray even right now for an injection of strength, for an injection of energy. God, that you would even speak to people that they just need to, to change their sleeping habits. They just need to reprioritize something at home, God. Some of it's that simple in wisdom, and some of it, God, you are touching people's souls and hearts and minds. So Father, we pray by your Holy Spirit that you would just come even right now Encourage those who are grabbing onto a hand of someone next to them. Encourage them, Lord, that there is somebody with them, that we're here as a church family with them. Teach us, God, how to be closer together, how to be more transparent with one another, that we can mount up together and soar on high on wings like eagles. Father, I pray for a special blessing for every person that walked up forward. And we break the lie of the enemy saying, okay, I'm just tired. This is the way life's, in fact, yeah, we rebuke that lie right now. This is not the way life is going to be. We just break that right now. 
We repent of saying that. This is just the way life is. This is the hand, this is the, the, the deck of cards that I was dealt, the hand that I was dealt. This is just the way it's, it has to be. This is how my parents were, this is how my grandparents. God, we just break any of those lies that anyone that came forward might be believing. The will of the Lord is for us to be at peace, for us to be strong, for us to be energized, for us to have a clear mind, for us to have the mind of Christ, for us to walk in confidence and boldness that we are fulfilling the work of the Lord that you have given us to get to do. So by faith, we receive your strength, we receive your power, and we receive our wings to soar today. By faith, Father, when storms come, we're gonna use it to our advantage with the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're going higher and higher and higher. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.